Hi, guys. Fernandes, Lockwood, and Maffazoli on podcast number eight. I didn't think we'd get past number two, but here we are at number eight, gentlemen. Well, at least we're not number two, so uh, we're doing well. And uh, What do you think, Dennis? Testing, testing. One, two, three. <laughs> it's about time we got his mic working over here, right? Well, look uh, at this thing. It looks like an electrocardiogram. It looks like Dennis when he's... Uh, Got five minutes to write on deadline. Look at that thing. Yeah. yeah. Look at that thing. Go. Or me last night after last night's uh, senior night game over at Mooney that ran late. So I know how that feels. I'm in a particularly good mood because my Red Sox won, and Dennis's head is down because it's looking at his notes, or he's uh, he's upset. One of the two. One which, of the two. Which one is it? Is? Hey, guys, let's, 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 let's start off, as we always do, with football. Last week we talked about the games not being too, too interesting going in. Not many of district impl- implications. I'll start off. I was at the Mooney Southeast game. Mooney kept its record undefeated. It really got up on Southeast. Southeast came back in the game. Then Mooney added a late field goal by Anthony Einhorn. Ten-point spread. And I talked to uh, Meckley after the game. And they're still learning how to close games. They're learning how to really put their foot on an opponent's throat and, and really apply pressure. They're looking like the uh, the Southeast teams of old are starting to and how they would choke out opponents at the end. And Meckley's leaving his footprint on there for sure. Uh, they're going to be they, I think they were 12 and 1 back in 06. We put some notes in this week and they're um they're they're in good shape. Uh number 1 seed obviously in region 3-3A and uh it'll be fun to watch the rest of the year. Dennis, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say they have a quick turnaround this week. They right. play um Thursday uh, against uh Naples First Baptist at home uh 2A school. Dennis, you were at the Northport Bayshore game. Uh, yeah, two anything teams. To report on them? Two teams trending in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Northport won two in a row for the first time in five years. They had a really good first half. Kind of held on in the second half. Didn't score, but didn't allow too much. Bayshore zero and three after um, starting three and zero. Probably going to be zero and four after starting three and zero with a trip to Hardy on Friday. Um, just. Um, there's something lacking at Bayshore, and they uh, they need to find it. I mean, can John Bizoons can, can he stop the downward spiral at this well, point? He lost a he lost a coach. It seemed to be on the offensive end, um, so they had to scramble for an offense against uh, Northport, and they really didn't do much except for a drive in the second half. They had a couple chances to score late, but um, Northport's defense came up with uh, opportune plays at the right time, and. Um, Gave uh, Brian Hatler his second straight win. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, and you were? I was at uh, Venice Champagne Catholic, oh, I think that's how it was. That was running. a running clock oh, right, by, it, the, by the second it, half, It, it right? was 22 nothing halfway through the first quarter. Uh-huh. And it was just, and there was a time where Venice, there was a penalty on the extra point, and Venice kicked an onside kick and got it. And that's how, that was their third touchdown. And Nico Delacosta was, was the star of the show that night. Uh, four touchdowns on... Uh, 80 yards rushing. He also had a long 47-yard pass in the second half. And going forward for them, Peacock says he's going to be a weapon for them going forward. Uh, you're going to see him as a wide receiver. You're going to see him in the backfield or as a quarterback. And it's just one more um, tool in the tool chest for Venice. Like they, They've usually got a lot of those to begin with, and it's just one more. You know, Venice easily defeated Palm Harbor University. I saw Palm Harbor a couple of weeks ago, and I wasn't too impressed. And Manatee murdered them 53-3. to I mean, they're going into a, a matchup <laughs> – uh, with Riverview, who, you know, unfortunately, guys, we don't have the resources we had in the years past. We couldn't have, have anybody staffing that game. But uh, Todd Johnson was nice enough to, to, to text it to me that they lost 51-45. to 45. 
Uh, break down uh, going into the Manatee game, guys. Manatee's going to be feeling pretty good about where they're at right now, and maybe Riverview not as much. I would say so. And uh, at one point, I got a text from my buddy Jake Wilson. Shout out to Jake who mm-hmm. listens to our podcast. He's one of the PA announcer at Riverview, saying that they were down thirty to nothing at one point in that game. It was because of turnovers and just not taking care of the ball. And <clears throat> I tend to think that with Manatee, if, if Fordham gets going and Squatteri gets throwing the ball and and running backs get going. I think I think Riverview's going to have a hard time with them this week, and they're already what twelfth or thirteenth in the eight A three power rankings. And if they lose this one, I think their season's pretty much they're in trouble. What do you think, Dan? Well, um, Manatee did what they did, uh, had to do in the district. They they won all the games they needed to win. Uh, Riverview didn't, but if they win this week, they're district champs, and um, nobody's worried about what happened in the past. But you know, Riverview has had problems with the forward pass, and they've had problems with injuries. So, I mean, if they can get rid of those two problems, um, you know, they'll give Manatee a game and, uh, you know, possibly win a district title for the third straight year. Well, say if, if they win, doesn't that force a tiebreaker at the end of the regular season? Well, they, they win head-to-head. Oh, okay. The head-to-head battle. I mean, this is the, the, the first of three straight weeks of district matchups coming up. I mean, when you look across the schedule – I'll be at Sarasota v. Bradenton, uh, Braden River. Uh, hopefully that won't be a running clock by the second half, but uh, I'll be up there. I want you guys to break down what what looks like an appetizing uh, Friday night of games, guys. I think we just talked about the, the obvious game of the week is River mm-hmm. Manatee, but um, I think North Fort Myers at Charlotte's got potential to be a good one. Uh, they were North Fort Myers just ran it up on Port Charlotte a couple of weeks ago. Um, DeSoto County at Booker is another mm-hmm. one of those 5A-11 games that could go either way. And... Um, you know, Southeast Lemon Bay, those are a couple teams that have, played, that have been playing some defense lately. And, and I'm going to be at the uh, Kennedy Catholic Out-of-Door Academy game, which is uh, going to be interesting to see how these out-of-state teams come down and play against the Florida teams. Last year, ODA, just, I think it was a 38-6 or something like that. But ODA, is, they've had some struggle these last couple of weeks. They've scored six points in the last two games combined. And if they can't get some offense going, the uh, guys from New York might be taking a win with them back to the Bronx. I'm just looking at these games, and it looks like there's a possibility of a lot of lopsided uh, scores. In a lot this, of so. lopsided scores, especially in uh, 7A11, it looks like. Um, you know, hopefully the you know Riverview um, you know can play. None of those teams in that district have more than one win, <laughs> except for uh, Riverview and Manatee. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, that, we, we were circling this game since the start of the season. Kind of surprised by Riverview's difficulties. Uh, does, does this speak to how much Arthur Brantley... Uh, Dennis mentioned injuries, injuries. Did that speak to how much he affected that offense? I would say so. And plus, as an Allie Boyce been dealing with a shoulder issue all right. year, and that's fair. Yeah, Allie's best for them when he's not playing. Yeah, he uh, he, he uh, bides like a nice counter. But if a review has to refine that. Yeah, the, the the game of the week, I think, might be down in Charlotte County with Charlotte and uh, North Fort Myers. I mean, uh, that uh, go a long way in determining the difference. And... Uh, <laughs> what our monitor is doing it seems like it works when we speak and it's it's going kind of well it seems like we're back on course now gentlemen uh okay well while we're, now as we're talking about prep football uh i spoke to wendy renault today he is the northport guy who broke his neck in two places uh back in late september he fractured his c1 and c6 vertebrae and i just spoke to him uh and basically uh I asked him how he was feeling, you know, psychologically, and he says, well, you know, he's a little bit impatient. He's still scared. He's wondering if he's going to be able to resume his football career. He also runs track for Northport. 
So uh, I'll be writing that for tomorrow, and uh, I guess he has a Facebook page set up. And if uh, I guess he's worried mostly about his insurance not covering all the bills. I guess he has insurance, but he's worried about it not covering every single bill. So hopefully we'll get some uh, community support for this guy. He's 17 years old. He's a wonderful guy, good student, and he's facing a tough situation. I guess he went to make a tackle on a kickoff return. I think Dennis was Dennis. Were you at the game? No, it was uh, Lakewood Ranch in uh, Northport. Yeah, and apparently uh, what what Coach Hatler told me, the uh, running back's head uh, caught him under the chin and sort of snapped his head back and fractured it. But the, the best case scenario is there was no displacement. He never lost feeling. So he'll be better, but it's just a long road. And he's a little bit, naturally, 17 years old, a little bit upset right now. He's going to be, but the main thing is, is returning to a quality of life so where you're able to walk and you know do day-to-day tasks. I mean, that's what you got to be worried about more so than playing football. But being 17 years old, if he's a senior, obviously he wants to finish out his, his high school career. I don't know if he's if he's has college aspirations or not. You've talked to him about that, but... Uh, yeah, just going back to a normal life is what he should be focused on at this time. Well, yeah, he will. Apparently, the doctors have said it's just, you know, it's going to be like three to six months to heal. Like any injury you have, it's going to take a half a year to heal. And he's just a little impatient because he's in a brace right now. Uh, they don't let him go outside. Uh, he can't really eat solid food yet. Uh, and apparently, a thing that you, you and I wouldn't think about, he's wearing this thing and he's having trouble getting his shirts over this collar he's wearing. So he needs a little bit extra big call it to fit over the uh, uh over the brace he's wearing so i just wanted to give a shout out and, and I'll, I'll be running that for tomorrow so uh you know you never want to see these type of injuries happen especially anything involving the neck and back so we're praying for a quick recovery for wendy yes we are uh and that segues into you looked up some stats from a former uh, riverview star uh Curran higdon who is currently up in michigan uh I guess he uh, he had a little injury a little while ago. I think he he sat out a game. Uh, what are his stats? Uh, let's give our listeners out there. A He's got uh, 582 yards and five touchdowns on 101 attempts. So he's averaging over 100 yards a game. And he's making it happen up there at Michigan. I mean, every week you see something because I've days here in a year or two. No, I think, and, and John Spray does a wonderful job of publicizing him on Facebook. Anytime he does anything, he puts up a photo up there. And obviously, because John Sprague was his coach at Riverview, uh, so yeah, good things for Karan. Do you have any Karan memories, Dennis? Did you get a chance to, to well, cover I, him at all? Or? I remember saying, I, I remember him more in track, to tell you the truth. Um, not that he wasn't. I mean, not that I didn't see him play football, but I remember him in track. And he's a guy who's really. I did a story on him last year where he wants to. He's got his whole life planned out. I mean, he wants to graduate. He wants to play football, but he also wants wants to become an anesthesiologist. So when he's done football, he can transition right into that career. And obviously, we know what kind of money they make. So uh, the guy really had a plan involved. I remember he was in the IB program at Riverview. That that spoke to kind of how smart he was. And he's really making Sarasota proud. So I think he's uh, some along the lines. Maybe he's already in pre med school or something like that too. To, yes. On top of what he's doing with football, so it's an amazing story. And he's going to be great at either way. I mean, if you play professional football, if you go into the medical field and save lives, I mean, hey, your life's set. Yeah. So Sarasota has a lot to be proud of. Guys, anything else? I, I know that we don't want to leave the other sports lacking, even though it's football season. Well, we got district golf and district volleyball starting next week. District golf is Monday and Tuesday. Volleyball starts on Monday. Um, just a quick promo. We have a feature on uh, Palmetto quarterback Anthony Marino, um, the making of a quarterback. Um, his father and coach at Palmetto, Dave Marino, didn't know where to turn uh, for a quarterback. Um, after he 
lost one uh, player. So he turned to number one son, and um, Anthony's made him proud. I mean, he's one of the area's top gunslingers. So, um, you know, we talk about him every week. But, um, you know, he's made himself into a good quarterback. Say when I was out there in August watching them practice and just seeing the throws, like, who is that throwing that ball? And it was Anthony Marino. And it was the best-looking throw I saw in anywhere I went during the preseason tour. And it's probably – I've seen a lot of these quarterbacks during the season. I haven't seen Palmetto play a game yet, but – Still, the best looking deep spiral has come from him. I mean, I'm just curious. Compare his ball to Jack Allison, another fine quarterback who played up there. Um, Anthony's probably got a little more zip on. Him. Right. I, I don't know. The, the Jack was Jack could throw the deep ball. Yeah. Um, you know, and he had special. Anthony's got special receivers too. So there, I mean, there's some. The the thing about Jack was he was uh, about six inches taller than Anthony. You know, if Anthony was six inches taller, he'd have uh, every Division One school in the country looking at him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just want to throw out a shout out to Sam Shields, who was a prep star here many many a year ago. But he's doing quite well for the Rams. I think he's starting a cornerback. I think he had an interception. So, uh, so good for Sam Shields. I mean, he was great with the Packers. Had a little trouble with concussions. Is back in the game and doing well. It's always good. Um, speaking of the word Rams, I'm going to promo a story of my own this week. I did on a volleyball player at Riverview, Abby Quigley, the only senior on that roster at Riverview. And uh, they lost a tough one last night in five sets to Mooney. It was unreal. I mean, it looked like they were going to win a Mooney senior's Platner and all of them brought them back and they won and uh but we did a story on abby quigley and how she's basically the leader of that group and i talked to a lot of the younger girls on that team and they talk about how much they're learning from her and how, how that program is going to be in good hands moving forward i mean they remind me a lot of i covered venice extensively last year in my old job when they had the lot of that younger team and this riverview bunch kind of looks a little bit like that i mean you got the younger kids coming up and they're going to be dangerous next year and she's going to be a big reason why even though she'll be moved on by that point and one last bit about the local guys. The MLB playoffs are happening. Uh, we only have one surviving uh, local guy. Am I correct? Miles Straw. Miles My, Straw. You know, and uh, I wrote this thing on Straw a couple of days ago, and I guess the, <laughs> the Houston Astros correspondent for one of their websites, I guess, read it. And he's, he's written about six or seven stories about Miles Straw. He came up with a great nickname for him, and I, I gave the guy props for coming up with a great nickname the say hey kid h a y oh boy he'll <laughs> <laughs> be here all week oh my god yeah. I, I mean i said that's a good one guy the say hey kid obviously if you don't know who the say hey kid was it's that was willie really nice. but that was h e y yeah and this is h a y uh i'll go through the power rankings yeah i was going to say the power yes manatee <laughs> in uh, 8a manatee 6th riverview 12th um obviously riverview needs a win against manatee to um, keep their playoff hopes alive. Um, district title um, in seven uh, a three. Uh, Venice first, Brandon River fourth, Palmetto ninth, and that's because they had a week off. Uh, no points for the uh, Tigers. Six um, a Charlotte fourth, Port Charlotte thirteenth. Port Charlotte's going to need some help along the way and more wins. Five a is the one that's interesting. Five a three. Lemon Bay is fifth. They picked up their first win of the season <laughs> That's just, against Estero. Something just does not seem right with that. The, the other teams are not in the playoff picture as of right now. Southeast 10th, Booker 11th, Bayshore 19th, and Cardinal Mooney, like we said, is first in 3A3. That just seems wrong. I mean, you got a one win. They're 1-5, I believe, 1-4. 
how are they? They're on the borderline of getting a home playoff game. If you finish one, in the top four, and you get a home playoff, playoff game, there'll be a playoff game in Veterans Stadium. And even if they finish as second place in that district, they might get a home playoff game. So, what does that speak to, gentlemen? Strength of schedule. Yep, that's that's got to be the only thing. Why? I mean, you got they played Hardy County, obviously, and they held them. I think it was twenty-one nothing. It was a close game with them. But there is a a, a gulf between talents of certain teams. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in that region, it's Hardy County and everybody else, mm-hmm. and that's that's just the way it's going to be come playoff time. All right, guys. Anything else? We're right at Dennis's sixteen-minute mark. Anything else we're you want? Oh, wait, 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 wait! Our lock of the week. I'm still undefeated. You still have one loss. Have you been keeping track? I haven't been. Oh, I'm going to start right this off. I'm going to go off. I think Manatee's in the catbird seat. I'm going with Manatee in that game to beat Riverview at home. I wouldn't necessarily say this if this game was at Riverview, but I'm going with Manatee. I'm going to take the easy route you took last week, and I'm going to go Venice over Northport. You are, you took, sh- are you sure about that one? Um, yeah, I, I got to get an easy. This, this is a backyard tussle. You never know how Northport might show like, up for this. You took Braden River over Booker last week, so I got to get another. I got to get one back. So I'm going to take Venice over Northport uh, in a game where I think we're going to see uh, the aforementioned Nico Delacosta get a lot more action in that game again too. Well, while we're going at it, I'm going to take Palmetto over Lakewood Ranch. Yep. No, we got to start giving our scores here. Oh, one last thing. I know people. People stop me on the street and want to know about your picks and how you guys arrive at the picks and who leads in the picks. How did you guys do last week? I was seven and three, and Math was nine and one, and he's cut my lead by three fourths. I think. Yeah. What is what 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 is the tally, the tote board read right now? He's three up on me. Yeah. Okay. I had a three game lead, and then after week five or six, I had a six or seven game lead. It looked like I was safe, but I've had two bad weeks in a row. So I'm not the uh, expert picker we all thought I would be, but. As a rookie, I think I've done pretty good this year with those. Well, we saved the bear. Like, you don't know high school football around this area? Did you just come in from Alaska here, Lockwood? Mm, or, been, or what? I might have been in another shop not too far <laughs> away, but yeah, All right. yeah. We always want to end the podcast on a high note, and definitely that was the high note of the podcast. Yep. How you guys are doing. So next week we'll be breaking down these games and looking ahead to the, the following week of another district action. So for Scott Lockwood, for Dennis Mafazoli, I'm Doug Fernandes, and we'll see you next week on the Herald Tribune podcast.